While You Were Folding, Episode 32, A Quiet Little Advent. Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10 years and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of this Advent season. We welcome you. We are making room for you. Please soften our hearts. Open our ears. Open us up for whatever grace, whatever gifts, whatever people you are bringing into our lives. Help us to journey with Mary during this season as she pondered all of the things in her heart about what it meant to become the mother of the Christ child. Help us to imitate her and her example of just her quiet reverence and her obedience and her receptivity to you moving within her life. We pray this and all those things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so if you are still listening to this podcast, thank you for hanging with me. I am so sorry that I have just completely fallen off the face of the podcasting earth. (laughs) And I didn't even bother to record a quick little message explaining what was going on. Since the last time I recorded an episode back in mid-November, I've had all kinds of exciting updates. But unfortunately, I've had a little bit of a, well, a pretty significant setback health-wise. I have been battling migraine headaches. They've gotten progressively worse in the evenings, and they've been pretty debilitating to, to the point that I usually just have to go to bed in the evenings if they get bad enough. And I'm still battling um, those vision problems that I mentioned in previous episodes, but I do have an appointment coming up next month with a neuro-ophthalmologist in the hopes that he can just kind of explain what's going on and uh, maybe offer a solution. But if nothing else, just reassure me that there's nothing more serious happening that would be creating the vision loss. Um, So that's stopped me from recording. And the nausea, uh, pregnancy-related nausea, has come back full force in the evenings. So from about mid-afternoon until the time I go to bed, I've been feeling pretty tough. 
So I have not been able to sit down and record an episode in quite some time. And Philip, being the awesome husband that he is, he was off early this afternoon, Monday afternoon. And he said, you know what? I think you should just go downstairs and record a podcast episode. I know you weren't planning on it, but just go down there and give one and pray, come Holy Spirit, and I'm sure it'll be great. So here I am. I put this together really quick, and I'm just counting on God to show up and bless this episode. Um, But I had promised last episode I was going to have another Q&A with Dr. Philip Boucher to have Philip answer your questions related to parenting and all things pediatrics. And I promise I have not forgotten about your questions that you've sent in, and Philip already has them. And I'll have him on again another time soon. But I just didn't want to let any more time go by without releasing an episode and letting you know that I'm here. (laughs) I'm hanging in there, and I'm really hoping uh, to get the podcast back on its feet. And Philip and I have been talking about things, and we still feel that the podcast is a, um, a worthwhile endeavor based on the feedback that I continue to get and the audience continuing to grow. So we've been brainstorming and talking about a new game plan going forward for the podcast in the new year. And we've decided to try and find someone to hire someone to be like a virtual assistant who can help with editing the podcast episodes, creating graphics, and posting things to social media in the hopes that that would free me to schedule more interviews, get guests back on the podcast, and to resume weekly episode releases. So that's the hope for the new year, because I want to get the show back to the quality of where I want it to be, but it has become a big time commitment during survival mode season of being so sick. And uh, worst case scenario, I might have to adjust my episode release schedule to maybe every other week, but I would be okay with that if it meant that the quality of the show was back to where I wanted it to be. Because as much as (laughs) As much as I'm sure you love just listening to my voice week after week, I feel like um, the podcast really shines when I'm able to bring guests on here and ask them questions about their unique vocations and missions that they've been given and sharing their stories with all of you. So hoping to hire a virtual assistant who can help me with all of that to free me up time-wise so that I can bring more voices onto the podcast. So um, if you know someone who would be interested uh, or have experience with that kind of work, please get them in contact with me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Also, since last time I got to celebrate my birthday, I turned 34 And 33 was a great year, and 34 is already off to a great start. I had a really quiet evening at home with the family, and we had a snowstorm uh, that day, early that morning. So the kids had an unexpected snow day, and it was tons of fun. And then shortly thereafter, we got to celebrate Thanksgiving with both sides of the family, And two weekends ago, Philip and I were so lucky and blessed we got to go 
enjoy a weekend marriage retreat at a nearby retreat house. And I'm hoping Philip will be willing to come on the podcast to try and unpack some of the wisdom and the lessons that we learned on that retreat. It was so wonderful. And I hope that all of you, if you have not been on a retreat in a while for yourself or with your spouse, to go on a marriage retreat because it has already borne so much fruit in our marriage. I highly recommend it. But here we are, uh, already two weeks into Advent. I'm hoping to release this on Wednesday, so we'll be two and a half weeks into Advent when you get this. And I thought this week I would just share some of the ways that our family celebrates Advent, some of our traditions. I don't want this episode to make you feel like, oh man, I'm not doing nearly enough for Advent. That's not the goal at all. I am hoping to share things with you to encourage you that in my eight years of parenting, we have slowly, slowly, slowly added traditions along the way. And some of them have worked great. Some of them have failed miserably. Some of them we adjust year to year based on how old the kids are and if we have a new baby and that kind of thing. But I just wanted to give you some ideas of some things that are working for us in this chapter of having quite a few young kids in the hopes that maybe some of it sounds like something that would work for your family or a way for you to rethink a tradition to make it more simple so that the goal just remains that it's bringing your family together in a small and meaningful way. So let's go ahead and get started talking about our Advent traditions. Before I sat down to record this episode, I was sitting at the uh, kitchen table with Jane and Walt as they were doing their homework after school. Jane's in third grade, Walt's in second grade. And I said, what traditions do... um, do you guys like the most that we do during Advent? And the first thing that Jane said was, we have a lot of time with our family. And I thought about that and I realized that we have, especially in the last, I'd say three years, Philip and I have tried really hard to make sure that Advent especially is a really quiet time in terms of our calendar. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we keep things pretty minimal in terms of our calendar. I shared in a a pretty early episode that micro soccer almost killed us. So (laughs) we, uh, we don't really do a ton in terms of the extracurriculars and that kind of thing. It's just not working out for our family in this chapter, maybe someday, but we're not there yet. But in Advent, especially, we just are determined to keep the calendar as quiet as possible. And the reason for that is even when you try to keep the calendar as minimal as you can, there are still so many commitments that pop up during this season. And they get added in so gradually that it's so easy for things to get filled in without you even realizing it. And so when Philip and I are presented with an invitation, we do our best to bring it to the other person before we agree to it. And if we think that the invitation for whatever the thing is, 
is going to take away from our goal of having family time and quiet time and getting everyone the rest that they need, then we say no whenever it's possible and reasonable. So there are going to be things that you're not able to say no to, and that's just part of life, right? (laughs) But if it's a commitment that's not um, something where we absolutely have to participate, we more often than not are going to say no. Um, And for myself, I know that it has really meant a lot to me in my prayer life if I try to do something a little bit different with my morning prayer time. It's been my goal uh, since I started staying at home. I have realized that as much as I love and enjoy being around people, I am definitely an introvert. And while there is great beauty to having spontaneous prayer throughout the day, if I don't start my day in prayer and have that quiet time set aside, I find myself being a lot less patient with Philip and with the kids. And so if I'm not in the middle of survival mode, if I don't have a newborn, if I'm getting a reasonable amount of sleep, then I'm able to set aside that time in the morning. And this Advent in particular, I have started doing this really great, um, I guess I'd call it a journal that Ascension Press put out. And it's called Rejoice Advent Meditations with Mary. And it was written by Father Mark Toops. And I have just loved this journal. It has you focus on different passage from sacred scripture each day. And then after you read through that passage of scripture, there's a key verse for each day. And the idea is to get you reading through a passage of the Old Testament that Mary would have read and been familiar with and prayed with as a Jewish woman. And then you also read a key verse. And I haven't flipped through the whole book to see if they're all from the Gospel of Luke. But we've slowly been going through the Gospel during the um, the portion of the scripture where you hear the story of the Annunciation when Mary finds out she's going to be the mother of Christ. And then um, I imagine we're going to lead up to the nativity when Christ is born. But each day, you're, the idea is you're journeying with Mary, praying with a passage of scripture that she would have been familiar with. And then you're also looking at a key verse. Um of something that involves Mother Mary. And I have loved it because a lot of the passages of scripture are from the book of Psalms. And if you have never spent a good chunk of time praying with the Psalms, I definitely encourage you to. I think it's a really unintimidating way to practice prayer with scripture because Psalms are just full of King David. We believe King David is the author of the book of Psalms. And he is just so brutally honest with God in the Psalms. He just lays it all out there, all of the gamut of emotions that he feels, whether it's anger or joy or desolation or consolation. It's all in there. And um, when Philip and I were on that marriage retreat a couple weekends ago, we would participate part of 
the retreat was the liturgy of the hours, praying through um, the different prayers and scripture passages that the church around the world prays each day in the morning and then at mass and in the evening. And one of um, the priests who helped to lead the retreat, he said, even if you're not feeling whatever emotion is within the psalm, because we're praying this as a universal church, there are some people who are feeling that emotion of anger or sadness or joy. So even if you're not there, pray for the person who is and pray in thanksgiving, pray for their strength, pray for them to receive consolation. And if you are feeling that emotion, it's all the more easy for you to jump into it and identify with it. So I thought that that was really beautiful, um, beautiful insight to realize we might not always feel whatever emotion we're presented with when we're reading scripture, but someone out there is. And if you're not identifying with it personally, you're able to pray for the person who is going through that thing. So I thought that that was cool, but I've loved that journal. Again, it's from Ascension Press. It's called Rejoice Advent Meditations with Mary by Father Mark Toops. And even if um, we're halfway through Advent and you haven't found something yet, they have beautiful supplementary videos that go along with this journal. And if nothing else, I encourage you to check those out on Ascension Press, and I'll link to this in the show notes that you can find it. It's just a really beautiful journal, and I think that you would find fruit um, just opening up and praying with it. Oh, hi, Dorothy. I want to sit you, Mom. You want to sit with me? Hi, Harry. I have visitors with me. (laughs) Can you say hi? Can I sit with you? Harry, would you like to say hello? Hi, you. Okay, so adventures in podcasting as a young mom. Uh, where where did I leave off before my visitors came in? Oh, okay. So I love that Jane said that one of our family traditions is to have lots of time with our family because that is definitely the goal. If nothing else happens, that is where I hope all of you end this podcast. That the goal of Advent is to make room for quiet and peace so that the season, as crazy and hectic as it is, still has pockets of quiet so that we can make enough room, hopefully, in our hearts for Jesus to come. Um, and I heard a really beautiful thought on the Lanky Guys podcast. If you have never heard that podcast before, I'm going to write a note for myself right now. Um, Lanky Guys podcast. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. The Lanky Guys podcast, they release it weekly on Thursdays. It's a great priest and a doctor. I I believe he's a doctor of theology. Please don't quote me on that. But the Lanky Guys podcast, they release on Thursdays and they go through the readings from that upcoming Sunday mass. And they give you the cultural historical context as well as how the readings um, fit together and why the first reading is linked to the gospel and so on. So I definitely encourage all of you to give that a listen. If you're in survival mode, it's a really great way for you to enter into the liturgy 
and just do it while listening to the podcast while you're doing the dishes. Okay. So last weekend, they had this really beautiful um, insight that for Advent, we're not waiting for the birth of the Christ child that already happened. What we're doing is we are making sure we're ready for Jesus's second coming, whenever that may be, and living in a place of being ready, hopefully every day, so that we're not caught off guard. We don't believe that God is a gotcha God who's going to try and catch us when we're not ready, but we do need to be ready. So hopefully this season you're able to carve out some quiet, say no whenever necessary, and uh, if you're able to, to have that special prayer time with maybe a new devotional or something that can give you some uh, just spiritual consolation and gifts on whatever insights that God wants you to receive this season. One of our favorite traditions revolves around the Feast of St. Nicholas. Now that has already happened this year. So if you already missed it, no big deal. But I thought I'd throw this out there real quick uh, for those of you who would like to keep this in mind for next year. So St. Nicholas, he was a bishop in Myra, which is modern day Turkey. And one of the legends is that he threw a bag full of money into a home of someone who was poor so that the family could marry off their daughter. I think they didn't have money for their dowry. And traditionally, children put out their shoes for St. Nicholas to fill with treats. And at our house, St. Nicholas, every year he brings our kids, they put their shoes by the fireplace and... This year, Jane was really smart. She put out her snow boots in the hopes that she would get a bigger, a bigger haul from St. Nicholas. Everyone else put out their shoes in front of the fireplace. But he, uh, every year brings them a clementine, one of those little oranges, some chocolate coins, some of their Christmas jammies. Since it's early on in the Advent season, they're able to wear them a lot if they get them on the Feast of St. Nicholas. And then he also brings them a book or a holy card. This year, he brought everyone a faith-related book. And Dorothy got a really cool, quiet book in the hopes. I think St. Nicholas was hoping to help us out at Mass by keeping Dorothy's little hands busy so that she doesn't feel the need to end up in the narthex running around with me (laughs) on Sundays. So far, so good. We've only had one Sunday mass since then, but we're, we're really enjoying the quiet book. I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so St. Nicholas, that's one of our favorites. There are so many awesome saints and different feast days that happen during Advent, but that's the one that we definitely zero in on each year. Obviously, we also have the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe, if you're looking to celebrate that, you can just get Mexican carryout on that night and call it good. Um, there's St. Lucy, there's all kinds of great saints, but St. Nicholas is the big one that we really focus on by adding a special celebration by having St. Nicholas visit our house. Um, in the evenings, we've decided if we're going to add any traditions, they're going to be added on to something that's already happening in our house. And we have very slowly made dinner time our Advent 
time as a family. So each night at dinner time, we turn out all the lights on the main level of our house. And then once everyone's seated, this happens once everyone's already seated around the dinner table and food's on the table. And we're about to start with our regular prayer. But before we say our our prayer before meals, uh, Philip will light the Advent wreath. If you're not familiar with an Advent wreath, it just has four candles, one candle for each week of Advent. There are three purple candles, one pink candle, and the the pink candle is lit during the third uh, Sunday of Advent, and the purple candles are lit the other Sundays. So Philip will light the Advent wreath, and then our family sings a verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and we add one verse to the song for each week of Advent. So if we're in the third week of Advent, we sing three verses. And then after we're done singing, then we say our prayer before dinner, and then we eat. And then as people are finishing up their meal or having dessert, Philip reads one chapter from the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. This book is amazing. It goes through 23 of the stories from the Old Testament, and then it moves on to the New Testament with the 24th story. So it works perfectly as an Advent meditation, not only because of the numbers of stories. If you start reading it on December 1st, you end with uh, the birth of Jesus with the story of the nativity. But it's awesome because it tells the story. It's geared for young kids, but it tells the story of salvation history, starting all the way with creation and Adam and Eve and living in the Garden of Eden and how God had a plan from the beginning with his, I forget how it goes, it's never ending, undying love for us. And Jesus is the center of every story. And all of the people leading up to Jesus in the Bible whisper his name. It's the Jesus Storybook Bible. So you have the individual stories, the different people leading up to Jesus, but each of them is going to whisper his name. And it helps the children to start to connect the dots of seeing how all of these seemingly disjointed stories are a buildup to God's perfect plan to send us his son, Jesus. And once Philip finishes one chapter from the Jesus Storybook Bible, then we have this really awesome Jesse tree that Philip got for me. Since I have that birthday so close to Thanksgiving, right before Advent starts, I've slowly accumulated all of this Advent gear that I've asked for each year for my birthday. So I think it was two years ago that Philip gave me this Jesse tree. If you've never heard of a Jesse tree, the idea is you're tracing exactly what the Jesus Storybook Bible does, tracing salvation history from the beginning, creation and Adam and Eve, all the way to the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. And the name comes from the person Jesse in the Bible, from the stump of Jesse, the Messiah will come. So anyway, this really great um, artisan, and I'll link to the exact one that we got from Etsy. She created this Jesse tree to coincide with the chapters from the Jesus Storybook Bible. So each night when we read a chapter from the book, the ornament that we put on our Jesse tree 
is related to the story that we just read. So last night, um, we read, we're behind a couple of days. And this is where I show you how you don't have to do it perfectly. Last night, we read the story of Joseph and the multicolor coat. And so the ornament was of Joseph's coat. And we put that one up on the tree after we had finished reading it. And then it was time to put out the candles. A game changer this year (laughs) with our Advent wreath. I bought a, I think it was eight or $9 candle snuffer from Amazon because every night the kids in their zeal to blow out the candles were getting wax all over the kitchen table. But now we have a fancy little $9 candle snuffer. And they take turns. Whoever's turn it was to put the ornament on the Jesse tree, they also are the candle snuffer for the evening. So they get to put out the candles from the evening and we don't get wax all over the place. And that's the end of it for our big fancy liturgical celebration each night. All it takes is lighting the Advent wreath, singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We add a verse each week. And then while everyone is still a captive audience, Philip reads one chapter and they're really short from the Jesus Storybook Bible. If we get behind a night, if we miss a night, we might read two, or maybe we'll even do one at lunch and do another one at dinner. The goal, though, is to read one each night at dinner while everyone's finishing their meal or having dessert. And then we finish because there are 24 days leading up to the birth of Christ then we will have traced all of salvation history from creation all the way to the nativity. So that is probably my favorite of all the traditions that we do. To help build up the anticipation of the Christmas season, I like to really slowly decorate the house and Part of this is (laughs) liturgical, trying to make sure that we're actually having a season of Advent and people aren't sick of all the Christmas songs and decorations by the time December 25th rolls around. But part of it, too, is because coming off of the busyness of Thanksgiving and my birthday is usually right around there, um, it's just easier to slowly do it. So don't feel like you have to get everything out right at the beginning of the season. If you're like me, uh, you only have a couple of your decorations up. And we, I think, are the only Grinches on the street that don't have any outdoor Christmas lights up. We were hoping to have someone hang lights on our roof line because it's pretty steep. But Philip took one look at that bid and said, "Uh, yeah, we're going to put that money to something else. And we haven't bothered to go to the hardware store to get any other lights to put outside. So we we don't have anything <laughs> up outside. And it's totally cool because it's Advent. So we are being liturgical. Um, but one of the things that I like to get out at the beginning of this season are our na- nativities. I have two different nativities. The kids one, it's a little people nativity set. It's made out of plastic and When you have babies and toddlers, they can chew on them and run off with them and it's totally fine. And I have a nicer set that we've added to over the years that Philip gave me for my birthday a couple of years ago. Now it was probably eight eight or nine years ago because it was before Jane was born. Um, And it's beautiful. And um, 
we ha- we put out both nativities, but we don't put out the baby Jesus until Christmas morning. And in past years, we have slowly brought out different people and animals for the nice nativity set to make it look like everyone's kind of slowly showing up. This year, we just put everyone out except for baby Jesus all at once. And then on Christmas morning, we sing Away in a Manger and put baby Jesus in the manger. And then after that, we open our presents. So that's just a fun little tradition we do. But I like looking at the nativity set every day and thinking about um, just preparing for Jesus's coming. And then on the third Sunday of Advent, when you light the pink candle, it's called Gaudete Sunday, which means rejoice. Don't mind Monty. He's whining at the door for me to let him in. One second. We're just going to let tonight be a really imperfect episode and call it good. Um, So on Gaudete Sunday, our family really likes to get some hot chocolate or make some at home and get everyone loaded up into the car, and then we drive around town and look at Christmas lights. And if the weather doesn't cooperate on that Sunday, then we do it as close to then as possible. And then in years past, on Gaudete Sunday, that's been the day when we put up our Christmas tree and put up all the decorations on it. This year, we decided, because that's so time-consuming, and we want... Gaudete Sunday to be the day that we look at Christmas lights. We decided to put up our tree last Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent, but we're leaving it without any ornaments or decorations on it until Gaudete Sunday. So we'll decorate it and make it look all pretty next weekend. So again, we're just being creative, working with our limitations and our calendar to make the holiday tradition not overwhelming and make it make sense for our family with where we are. As for baking, um, that task has been um, given to me on my side of the family. So I'm typically the one who makes the different uh, cookies and goodies, but I usually don't do that until just right before Christmas Day, a couple of days before. Another thing that we do, we have a basket of Christmas books And in years past, I've wrapped them up and we would unwrap one book each day. This year, I decided I was just going to put all of them out at once. And it's been tons of fun. The kids just go over to the basket, grab a book or a couple books, and we just sit down and read them whenever we feel like it. But they are books that we only get out at Christmas time. And we have slowly added to our collection over the past couple of years and that's been something super fun because everyone has their own favorite book. One of them is a scratch and sniff book that I had when I was growing up about a bear family. And of course, they love the Polar Express and Mortimer's Christmas, the story of the mouse with the nativity scene. And they're all just special stories that we only read during Advent and leading up to Christmas. So that's super fun. But you don't have to make it really complicated. You can just toss them all into a basket and call it good. You don't have to wrap them up and only do one a day. It's whatever you can handle. And then um, Christmas Day, we typically have celebrated with one side of the family before Christmas Day and then celebrate with the other side of the family 
on Christmas Day, but not until late afternoon and into the evening. So we are fortunate that we get to be at home and have a nice, quiet Christmas morning with just our little family. So Philip and I have trained the kids <laughs> to let mom and dad sleep. And we've told the kids that they can go downstairs and open up their stockings while mom and dad snooze for a little bit. And then, I don't know what time we told them last year, probably seven o'clock, which is sleeping in for them. <laughs> we said, then you can come up and get mom and dad and wake us up. And then we'll come downstairs and heat up our breakfast. And in the last couple of years, we've been doing an overnight, it's a recipe I got from my sister. It's a French toast souffle. And uh, it sits overnight in the refrigerator and then all you have to do is stick it in the oven in the morning and then we'll have scrambled eggs and fruit to go with it. And then after everyone's had their breakfast, then we open up our presents and Philip and I both have a cup of hot, co- uh, hot coffee while we sit around and watch everyone open presents. And it is so relaxed. We turn on the fire. We have some Christmas music going. And it's not always idyllic because we have young kids. Last year, we that was when we decided to surprise them with the announcement that we were going to take them to Disney World over Easter vacation. And the announcement did not uh, get the big, excited reception that we thought it was going to because we announced it by giving them new suitcases. <laughs> anyway, so it's not always perfect, but we set it up so that everyone's been fed. Everyone has gotten a normal amount of sleep. And then we're just sitting there having a relaxed morning of opening presents. Um, so we keep the expectations pretty, we keep the bar pretty low (laughs) because we know we have young kids and just because it's Christmas morning, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be their usual selves. And it doesn't mean that we are going to all of a sudden be super patient or saint-like or anything like that. Um, but it's really as relaxing as it can be. And I just encourage you during Advent, if you want to take on any new tradition, just do one each year. And that's the way that we've done it. We haven't tried to take on all these different things each year. And we've let go of so many of them. We, at our house, Bernie, the Christmas elf, joined our family in 2012. And he went back to the North Pole a couple of years ago because he told our children they were doing uh, a pretty good job and he was going to go help some other families out. So he's no longer with our family And that's made Advent a much more peaceful season. So know your limits, figure out what they are, adjust your traditions to make them work for your family and your stages. Last year, I didn't even do a Christmas card. If there's something that you're holding on to really strongly, maybe just take a few minutes to ask yourself why and to find out if the why is a good, healthy reason. And if it is, make every attempt to allow that thing to continue to be part of your family's traditions, but you might have to make some adjustments and that's okay. It doesn't have to look the same every year. But the other thing too, Philip and I, something that's been really helpful for us, we like to just sit down if I'm not pregnant, have a glass of wine and just talk through how Advent and Christmas went 
before the new year rolls around and before it's a distant memory, because it's so easy just to move on to the next thing and undeck the halls and move on. But we like to do just an Advent Christmas recap conversation over a glass of wine, talking about what we thought went well, what we never want to do ever again, um, where we thought we went wrong, and things that we want to continue on with. So um, in years past, when we've had that conversation, when we do have regrets, it almost always revolves around us being stressed out about the wrong stuff. And oftentimes it's something silly like gifts and gift giving and not spending time connecting with each other or our loved ones. So knowing that, we try to keep that at the forefront of our minds and we like to revisit that conversation as December is rolling around the next year so that we can set ourselves up for as much success as possible. Because if we're focused on the wrong things, filling the calendar with the stuff that we know isn't going to bring our family peace, then we know it's probably going to be a much more stressful season than it needs to be. So I hope all of this was encouraging and not um, adding to your stress level in this season. Just thought I'd throw out a couple of things that our family does to try and set the season apart. And if you are feeling overwhelmed, the other piece of encouragement that I want to give you is that Christmas is a season. It's not just December 25th, one day. So if you don't get to all of the things that you were hoping to do as a family, maybe you can consider doing it throughout the rest of the vacation time, time you have together during the Christmas season. And you don't have to do all the baking ahead of time. Maybe If your family's really into gingerbread houses, there's no reason why that couldn't happen on December 26th when everyone is hanging out. Maybe you're done with the different family gatherings and you have the time and the excitement about the gifts is past and now you've moved on to just hanging out together. So think about creative ways that you can fit those things that are really important to your family in without having... December 25th and the days leading up to it feel like an endless marathon of having to do all the things because you don't have to do it all right before Christmas because Christmas is the season. So just try to remember that. I hope, uh, like I said, I hope this was encouraging and I hope that you have as much peace and quiet as possible during your family's Advent season. One thing that I didn't get to that I'd really like your feedback about is to hear about different service opportunities that your family participates in during the Advent and Christmas seasons. Our family, since Jane, as an eight-year-old, is our oldest, it's been a little bit more difficult for us to find things that we can do as an entire family. But as the kids get older, I definitely want them to get the message that a big part of what we do as Christians is give back to others. And I would love to hear about what kinds of service opportunities you have in your area and what kinds of things you participate in, whether it's just you and your husband or you and your older kids, or maybe your entire family, something that you're able to do to teach your children the value of serving and giving to others. We have at our parish a giving tree where you can get a gift for an individual child and bring it back to the parish. And then they actually take care of delivering it. 
but it feels a little bit remote. We're going to continue to carry on that tradition, but I'm just hoping to hear some unique ways that you and your family have figured out that works for... (laughs) Don't mind Monty. He is acting like he has a hairball. Um, Just some unique ways that you and your family have been giving back to others during the Advent or Christmas season. That's going to do it for this episode. I would love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear what kinds of things your family does to celebrate Advent. And maybe you have some advice or a special tradition that you wanted to share with me. Please get in touch. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. And I also just want to hear your general feedback on your favorite things about the podcast, um, guest suggestions, topic ideas, or your input on uh, if you had it your way, how the podcast would look going forward. I'm open to all of that feedback as I try and set things up for the new year and hopefully hire a uh, virtual assistant. But I hope all of you have a blessed Advent. I'm planning on this being my last episode of the year before I come back in January. And it's my goal to resume weekly episodes when I come back. So be looking for that. Look forward to hearing from you. Have a blessed Advent and a very Merry Christmas with your families. And I'll see you in the new year. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.